What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the hardworking happy hour. I'm Sean. And I'm Catherine. And as always, we're breaking down all things trades, entrepreneurship, and turning your creativity into a passion career. And we have a guest this week. We finally have a guest that we have been talking about for two weeks now. We have Jeff Raley of Groundwork. Yeah. Ellis Incorporated. Inc. 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 Oh, big time. Whoa. Big time, you know, watch out. Yeah. Did I say your last name correctly? Rayleigh? Rayleigh, like Ray of Sunshine. That is really good name. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Uh, anyway, we have Jeff Rayleigh, Groundwork, uh, CEO and founder of Groundwork Inc., an app slash software that you're going to use for your business to mostly, I'd say, pre-qualify clients. Yep pre-qualified clients and anybody that listens to the podcast knows that we are very big on pre-qualifying almost to a fault like the yeah. biggest like almost <laughs> like the, to an extreme degree which <laughs> deters lots of people from dealing with us because so many hoops to jump through but um i'm excited to talk to you about kind of how you got into this where you saw the need for this because it's something that we didn't hear a lot of people talking about mm -hmm. until we found it to be a need for us. So um, excited to hear more about it. Yeah, man. Appreciate you having me on and excited to be, uh, you know, part of the show. Watch the stuff. Listen all the way to the from stuff the Midwest. All the way from the Midwest. You know, it's a nice early flight this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Got some caffeine in me this afternoon. Ready to rock. Did we land on it is the Midwest? Uh, yes, we were talking about this before we started recording. Uh, definitely Midwest. Like, um, it's like the heart of the it Midwest. Is the heart, it is. They it's call like it the crossroads of America. Oh. Um, that is one of the, the nicknames of the state of Indiana. Um, if you look at the map, it's like literally like highways, like passing through Indianapolis, like Chicago to Nashville, like Columbus to, you know, Columbus, Cincinnati. It's just like veins coming in basically like delivering corn and soybeans everywhere uh, nobody's there to stay <laughs> they're just there to pass through uh, kind of the yeah but when you stay it's like you get great food and great hospitality yeah. and you know it's oh, I bet good spot. so nice oh yeah everybody is okay. yeah. yeah it's a great spot i think what we landed on was anything west of philly is the midwest <laughs> i think that was yeah. the definition we kind of okay. landed on sure <laughs> sure all right so jeff we initially met back in 2019 i think that's right yeah uh for some reason I remember exactly where we were. We were I do not. You're going to have to really? remind me We this. were at 4th Street Live in okay. Louisville, Kentucky. Maybe I do remember this. At Deck Expo. Yep. And I had just gotten into town. I went to the show I remember by this myself. Now. Yes, And you that's were right. like the first person I saw when I got into town yeah. at the bar. I remember and this And you now. were like, hey, what's up? My name's Jeff. Uh, I don't know. I follow you on Instagram or something. And here we are. Yeah. Full of four years later? Almost, yeah. Four years later. Um... And you were telling us earlier that you were kind of just getting, kind of just getting started yep. with the business at that point, kind of didn't know what exactly it was yet. You were kind of feeling things out. And yep. I guess tell us a little bit about that period of your life, like kind of what your, what was your start in tech? Yeah. And then how did that translate into, we need to build something for the trades? Yeah. So... My, I'm actually an engineer by schooling. So I went to Purdue, got an engineering degree, oh, um, uh, civil engineering degree. So I worked in 
large scale construction, like big, big projects, like higher education, all that stuff. So then got into technology in that space and like the commercial contracting industry. Um, but my wife's a designer. And so we've like always bought the ugly house and like made it pretty. Right. So like with commercial background and, you know, doing projects, I like, like I was telling you earlier is like, I actually like doing stuff myself too, <laughs> like with my hands. Um, so it just kind of, as we, you know, got 10 plus years into our working lives, it was kind of like, all right, what, I was kind of like, what am I, what am I doing? You know, what do I uniquely know about that nobody else can like put the pieces together? Cause I'm just very entrepreneurial. I was like, oh, I know the trades. I know like construction, like nuts and bolts. I can talk shop with a lot of contractors. Um, I've worked with a lot of residential contractors um, and just kind of had this idea as we were renovating our house of like, hey, you know, there's this like whole pre-qualification sales process thing. Like, like the sales process is like really old school, the way yeah. that everybody's running it. And like, maybe there's a different way to do it. And so that's kind of where it was. And when I met you, it was like really in that exploratory phase. I kind of had a concept of what I was doing, but yeah. it was like, I might've had a couple of paying customers on like the old junky version of the product and just kind of testing things out. Like a lot of business owners do. I mean, like early on, we were talking earlier and over lunch and just hanging out. It's like, just kind of test stuff out, see what works. And yeah. you know, um, one thing leads to another and here we are. Yeah. Um, so your like trade, uh, training education is around engineering, like not software engineering. Correct. Not software engineering. Okay. So is that something that you kind of like took on as sort of like a hobby? I mean, an engineering mind is an engineering mind. Yep. So I, I imagine that it translates pretty well, but was that something like you just started like, Oh, this is interesting. So started tinkering with, or did you, how did you make that yeah. transition? Well, I think I did it the smart way. Well, maybe it was a dumb way. I don't know, but um, maybe we can debate that. I have a hot debate about it, but <laughs> yeah, um, I actually didn't learn to code. Um, that's, yeah, that's the dumb way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should have learned uh, how I, to. I, yeah. I absolutely probably, yeah. I don't know. It takes a long time to be good at that, yeah. right? So um, I think, you know, we've used partners. Now we have a team internally mm -hmm. that does the, the coding stuff. However, early on, um, and for folks that are interested in like tech stuff, which I mean, honestly, a lot of contractors increasingly are, yeah. which is awesome, um, can be a detriment to some businesses. Um, but, um, you know, there's really cool tools out there that you don't need to, you just need to have an engineering brain, which, you know, I, I do. I love to see how things fit together, build processes. So there are tools out there that you don't necessarily have to build software, like hard code software, stroke code. Um, you know, low code automation builders like Zapier. And, you know, there's just like, you can, if you're smart about it, you can like kind of fake what yeah software feels like. Um, so honestly, when, when I met you, that's kind of what it was. And it was just like a, a thing. And it was like a cheap and easy way to test an idea. Yeah. Um, that's really what it was. Um, and so, since then we've run up, we ran up against the edge of that constraint of like, ah, what we really want to do, we can't really do with this like low code type of version of things. Um, if we're going to refactor and rebuild the whole thing, let's like actually build a piece of software that's going to be here to stay that we can build it exactly how we want it to and yeah. make it a really impressive piece of, piece of software. 
think that's something a lot of like businesses in general can kind of relate totally. to. It's you, you kind of have to evaluate like what you have and what where you ultimately want to go with this thing and how do you have to structure everything to get there? Like it reminds me of we are very unique in that we only have one crew and it's like people are always asking us like we know that you get plenty of leads like why aren't you scaling up why don't you get a a second crew why don't you have like a dump truck like yeah all of these things or or like an excavator there's always just a million questions of like why don't you get that it's like yeah we could definitely use that but if i go and buy a dump truck and an excavator now i need to buy a dump truck buy an excavator, buy a trailer to haul it around, have a yard to store it in, have a place to do maintenance on it. Like More projects you, to keep it using. Like exactly. Use it. So like yeah. we kind of are at that threshold where it's like for right now, it makes sense to rent a lot of stuff yeah. as opposed to scale up and buy all this stuff. But if we wanted to get to a $10 million design build company, we would have to make those investments and kind of build a different kind of structure from the start, which it sounds like... Y- you had that crossroads pretty early where you're like, you know what, let's rebuild this so that this version is scalable. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like we probably could have rebuilt or like retooled what we were doing in a way that would have kept us going. And like, we could have, you know, still grown and, but you know, it's a call. Like, it's kind of like what kind of business you want to run. I think that's like when we see contractors and just like a general business principle, it's like, what kind of business do you want to run? Like, where yeah. do you want to build value? Um, and that like overall strategy can like inform some of those big directional decisions. And for us, it was like actually build some software. Yeah. So how did you find yourself at the intersection of trades, tech and sales? What those are, I feel like those are three very different things and it seems like you have a passion for all three. Yeah. So how, where is the link there? I mean, the, the trades and tech, that was kind of the easier one. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was working in the general contracting space, I was a part of a team that was like rolling out technology across the company, like nationwide. Mm. Um, so it was like big old pieces of software like SAP, if anyone's familiar with like, I mean, it's like, like just huge, massive pieces of software that it manages accounting, um, you know, and all the processes, um, you know, job site progress and, you know, payments and subcontracts and like mm. everything was in that submittals, like everything was in it. Mm. Um, and these are for like hundred million dollar projects plus. Right. So, um, I kind of like, I fell in love with And so we were, I was a part of a group that would like travel around to job sites. So I was living in Virginia at the time driving up to Baltimore and I'd meet with, you know, the 60 year old superintendent who's like, you know, <laughs> he's Doesn't like, use kid, the software. <laughs> like, kid, what are you trying to do? Like, yeah. no, I'm not messing around with this. I'm like, well, click this button here. And they're like, yeah, buzz off buddy. And yeah, you know, so, but I love that challenge. I love like, um, you know, just like the, the oddity of it in a way, um, of like that innovation cycle. Um, and then just came to realize that commercial contractors like have a lot more resources, right? The dollar amounts are bigger. Um, so like technology had kind of crept into commercial contracting mm-hmm. and it was kind of like, well, where's it going next? 
probably the smaller dudes, right? Smaller, yeah. smaller companies who don't quite have that change in their pocket yet to invest. Um, so that seems like a smart place to build something. It's like, okay, cool. That was really where it started. Um, and then, you know, I had a bunch of concepts of like how that might play out, like ideas and like some, most of them were in construction and tech, but I mean, there were some other ideas on the board that were just <laughs> hilarious. Um, but you know, then it was like, okay, what am I actually kind of qualified here to do? It's like, I'm not going to open up a, you know, retail store or something like that. Um, so it just became construction and in, in tech and then the sales sales portion. I, I was, I consulted for a little bit and part of that is just like general business development, mm-hmm. um, building relationships with people, I just generally really like people, like different people, you know, like building those relationships. Like I'm very much an extrovert. Um, So some of it comes naturally to me, but like there's a craft to good sales. Yeah. And I had to learn a ton of that. Had a sales coach um, and just studied. I mean, like I, I enjoy like educating myself and just getting smarter on stuff. And sales is a, big part of that, you know, like as I had this concept of, you know, what is now groundwork, it's like, Hey, maybe the sales process for contractors could be different. It's like, well, I know how contractors in the residential sense have sold to me. There's probably some reason why they do it that way. Why is that? How could it be different? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, test, iterate, learn, test, iterate, learn. And, um, so it was a huge, that sales part was a huge learning process, but, um, you know, I've learned a ton. I feel like I, I've, I've got, you know, not saying I'd be the lead salesperson at, you know, uh, any, any shop along the way, but like the theories and the, um, you know, and also rewriting it, right? Like it's going to be different. Yeah. Newsflash, like the internet's changed the way people interact with businesses and each other. And so it's going to be different five years from now. And really that's the goal that we're building towards is like, what's it look like in the future? So, um, part of it's like knowledge of the past, but then it's like, okay, what's it, what's it look like with all the other cultural and technology mm-hmm. trends going on? Um, and you know, that's the fun part cause that's what you go build cool stuff te- technology yeah. wise. I think it's, it's, we're at an interesting point where it seems like the old school people in the trades were like, you have to go out to every lead. You mm-hmm. have to like, you know, go to the house, you know, like some people that we talk to about our strategy of like, no, you have to, like, we won't answer a phone call. Like you have to yep. email us, then you have to send, yep. then we'll do a call, all this stuff. I think there's an old school mentality of like, you have to be the one to like go and get this sale Yeah, where there's a new feeling that the contractor has a little bit more power and a little bit more of that uh, kind of, decision-making where they're kind of like interviewing the client. And that's where I think pre-qualifying comes in and is super important because if you build a good enough reputation, like you can have enough leads to where you can be in the driver's seat where you don't have to chase down every lead. You kind of want them to bring that their desires and their whatever they want to you. And then you can almost interview them. So I think we are seeing that change in the industry, which is, I always say the most important thing, because I used to waste so much time just going out to everyone's house just after, oh, you want like a deck or something? Okay, perfect. Yeah. I'll come out. Whatever. Yeah. And then you get there sure. and it's like, well, uh, just 
Got a board. One board. <laughs> <and away. Exactly. clears throat> well, if I knew that, I could have just like fix that one board in the same amount of time that I'm here just talking to you about nonsense. Right. You know? Right. So I think it's, it's super important to do that. And what have you found when you're talking to contractors? Like what's their biggest, is it just the time wasting? Like what's, what's their biggest pain point that you're solving? Yeah. I mean, if I actually pulled a, a subgroup of our kind of power users, um, you know, how do you measure ROI of using groundwork in your business? And that's it. It's, it's the, the time wasters. Yeah. Um, the, you know, pre-qual process, like the on-site pre-qual process, like if you add up, we do an exercise every once in a while as we're like in our sales process and we're talking to contractors, like, Hey, what's an hour of your sales person's time worth? Like, and how much, how many sales appointments do they go on? Like, what does it cost for them to do one sales appointment and then yeah. multiply that out? Right? It becomes a, it's a big chunk of time. Yeah. Um, and so just thinking about that efficiency and like, Hey, am I really going after the leads that I want to go after? I think that's, that's like the, that's a number one. Um, but what we've, what we've started to see, honestly, as we've worked with contractors, they have started to tell us like, Hey, this is actually a relationship builder tool. So it's not just, I've seen a lot of, uh, different sales strategies, you know, talking to thousands of contractors the last couple of years. Um, and some people who like get in love with like the prequel side of things. Now you all have a unique situation, right? You're only trying to do so many projects. And so like, it makes sense. Most people are not like that. Right. But they still may be like, just like kind of slap the prospect in the face with like, no, we're not, we're not doing it that way. Yeah. You know, like I'm not coming to see you. And they're like, my time's valuable. And they're like, prospects like, what? Yeah. like, whoa, easy. <laughs> like I get it, you know, but I, I was like, wanted to have a conversation yeah. with you and like, geez, yeah. you know, so like that, that like value build for each side of the conversation um, in making the sales process, not just something that's like a time protector, but also like a relationship and a trust builder. Like we've gone to great lengths in like how we've built the software to allow contractors to do that. Um, and I think that the people that we have using the tool that way get so much more out of it than just like, Hey, I saved, you know, a handful of hours this week, just kind of qualifying and like making sure my pipeline's tight. Um, and that goes in, I mean, I could go on a, soapbox here on like how that's going to be effective in the years to come with younger homeowners and blah, 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 blah. Like it's just the way kind of business is done nowadays. So yeah, there's a, the time saving side of things, but also just like sales strategy, like being a helpful human, like how can you be helpful in a 10 minute phone conversation? Well, you can be helpful if you like actually know what you're going to look at, you know, and like you could give some real good feedback. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's kind of that twofold type of thing. I think it's also an interesting product because it not only helps the contractor pre-qualify people, which is great. And I find honestly, like just a great way to pre-qualify is it doesn't even matter what the thing is, but have a potential client just follow one instruction, whether it's fill out this form or like do 10 jumping jacks. Like just doesn't have to be like practical. Like if they can just follow one direction and respect your process, that's already in itself yep. a great pre-qualifier. So like sending a video, 
that is a task they have to do, and it's a helpful one, not yeah. like yeah. doing for them jacks. and for you. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. like, you're going to get more out of it. Yeah, and maybe we should take a step back <clears throat> and explain how groundwork works. So, like, when you say taking a video, lay the groundwork. We should probably lay the groundwork of okay. how it works because so people might I'm not gonna, know. I'm going to try to do this in like one sentence. Okay. So, groundwork helps contractors get video project walkthroughs from homeowners before a sales appointment. Sometimes it completely displaces that sales appointment. Whoa, whoa, whoa. that was like you were going on a second sentence. Oh, dang it. <laughs> yeah. You had it. That you was a looking, great first sentence. That was good. That was really good. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And that's <laughs> essentially what we do. Help you get videos from homeowners. Yeah. It's really easy to, to do. And I don't know. Am I at my sentence limit? Uh, you can have a couple more sentences. You, you, <laughs> we'll let you like recharge. It'll be like. Like I get like a, yeah, you like, like your life on a video exactly. game. Exactly. Yeah, 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 your yeah. health. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, that's basically what we do. Yes. Okay. What now I was going to a little bit of context. Now yeah. You can yep. 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 Thank you so much for that. I just, yeah. We yeah. knew what it was. I wanted the people to know how it works. People don't know the what people. it is. They're like, hey, what are you talking about? Yeah. I don't know what they're talking here. about. Exactly. <laughs> people never know what we're talking about. And they <laughs> we still listen. barely do either. <laughs> I don't know at all. Uh, anyway, what I was going to say was it's also a great thing for the client because we always talk about it. Like, what's the last thing in the world you want when you want to get a project done? If you're a millennial, somebody at your house trying to sell yep. you in person. Yep. Like that's so <laughs> uncomfortable. People just want to like, nobody wants to like call a pizza place and talk to someone on the phone. It's like, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to door dash it. Cause I don't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And I know they're just going to leave it on the step and I don't have to see anybody. Like people want like they, especially when it comes to something in the trades, like they don't want someone in their face, like right. pressure selling yeah. them. They want to like, Oh, I can just send you a video and you're going to, maybe do a consultation call and I can get information right. without you in my face. I think for the client, that's also like, oh, wow, this is a, this is a good experience. This is yeah. a good way to do it. I had a, uh, I had a window salesman when we were renovating our house outside of Indianapolis, which is like honestly where the, the idea for this whole thing spawned. Um, I had a window salesman, which they're, they're oftentimes a special breed. Yeah. Um, I feel like I know exactly what you're going to say. Certain ones. <laughs> certain ones. Yeah. Um, and this guy, you know, had his like, like hair was obviously like dyed, you know, like mustache, <laughs> like classic, just yeah. classic setup, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I'm kind of secret shopping him a little bit, just kind of like doing my research of like, hey, what's this process like? And just taking my mental notes. But he... I was kind of hurrying up, hurrying him up a little bit too. Cause I was like, all right, I get it. I get it. But he mm -hmm. kept on like going from one trick to the other. <laughs> he was like standing on windows. He like had a torch on a window. I was like, bro, I was like, this is, like yeah. I don't like, I don't get it. You know, like this is not working, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know how to tell it to him, but like, and I'm not saying that that's, that's not the norm, but I think it, it, it is culturally kind of the, that's kind of what the path is, right? Like it's yeah. go do the thing um, and, and get in front of people. And, you know, I think there's just a, a big, for people who haven't realized it, there's a big, big shift ahead. Do you think that, I feel like maybe this is an obvious question, but I know that COVID has probably accelerated, like we didn't do yeah. like online stuff <clears throat> until COVID kind of forced Sean to, to go that route. And since you started in 2018, we didn't 2019. We did have the internet before then. Yeah, it didn't yeah. even exist, I don't yeah. think. <laughs> um, you were probably experiencing that same change where it was accelerated by COVID. Do you think that that's a shift like 
do you think that's a COVID shift or do you think that's just like younger people getting in, into the industry that are kind of pushing the online mentality of like a sales funnel? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it's pushed forward this type of behavior, right? If you mm. look at, I don't know, there's probably some source that says like how many Zoom sessions have been held like 2018, like there's a certain number, monthly average, whatever, mm-hmm. versus like 2020, like call it like May of 2020 or whatever, like pretty, pretty yeah. likely a pretty big difference. I'm, I'm just gonna go ahead and say that's probably true. Um, mm-hmm. So I think there's just like a general cultural behavior shift that was like moved forward um, by the whole pandemic situation. Not to say that it wouldn't have happened before because- yeah. Um, I mean, who knows where we would be as a company, honestly, if, if the push forward hadn't happened, right? Like we were kind of like in that, you know, whether we were smart or lucky, I don't know, hopefully a little bit of both, but, um, you know, certainly changed a lot. It changed a lot of the way that people, I sometimes talk about like contractors jumping on a zoom, like before like 2018, like that was a common thing I would hear as I was, you know, talking yeah. to people about like the concept that I was working on. They're like, why don't they just do a Zoom call? And I was like, contractors in a Zoom? Like <laughs> these small business owners don't know Zoom. That's a corporate thing. And like, that's not my words. That was like, it wasn't a thing. Yeah, um, definitely. Like, and then it like all, all of a sudden overnight, like people started thinking differently. Um, so I think that's a huge factor. It is a huge yeah. push forward of like the way people are thinking. All the tools were there. It's kind of like QR codes too, right? Like QR codes were like kind of like useless, like a yeah. weird party trick type of thing. And then like all of a sudden restaurants had to use them. And now yeah. like way more people use them just because it's like kind of more of a cultural habit at this yeah. point. Um, so it's, it's kind of, I definitely think there are like very specific elements of how we interact with technology that yeah. contractors and everybody else do differently now because of the pandemic than, than they would have otherwise. I think that we would have eventually gone to like this route where you fill out the form. Every, every prospect starts with a consultation call, but that was like, that was the reason it gave me a reason to like do it. Yeah. And like, this is how we're doing it right now. Like we almost were forced into that. Mm-hmm. And I think we would have went that way eventually at some point anyway, but it gave us the reason to jump into it, gave us like a reason to go that route and then realize like this is not only just as effective, it's probably more effective because yeah. I'm less distracted with everything. They've sent me pictures. I'm looking at, you know, the backyard. I'm, t- you know, talking to them. I'm taking notes like it's more productive and I'm saving so much time. So I think for a lot of people, it was just that like kick yep. towards something that was coming might've taken a lot longer to come around. But I think millennials and like our ideal client is, is probably somewhere around our age. Um, they, they just buy things differently. And yep. I think that was pre pandemic, pre COVID. They don't, they don't want that like, the guy coming to your house and like jumping on a window. <laughs> and like, it reminds me of, we had like a Cutco salesperson yeah. come to my house yeah. when I was a kid yeah. and they were like cutting coins in half with yeah. the scissors and like cutting a shoe in half. And it's like, 
people don't want that like <laughs> that, that show at their house anymore. Right. They want to feel whether it's true or not. They want to feel like they're in the driver's seat of this yep. process, and they can determine like to what extent they participate in it. So, yep. I think it's it's something that would have happened, but it did. It just made it like okay. Yeah. I I hate to say like I'm glad that it happened, but like, <laughs> honestly, like, you know, I've, I've, as an entrepreneur, like I've gone that route before where it's like, go out and do something. It's like, Ooh, too early. Yeah. You know, go back and lick your wounds and like get a day job. Like I've done that before, you know? So like, um, yeah, I'm happy with where thing, how things went. <laughs> You're like a, uh, it's like a funeral home director. It's like, oh, yeah. no, all these people Business are dying, but ka -ching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily the pandemic because, you know, you couldn't even, like, have the funeral stuff, but just in general, like, yeah. a yeah. lot of people are I dying you. in your I neighborhood. You. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're sad, but also, like, pretty happy. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting <laughs> dichotomy. Yeah. Have you been canceled yet, Sean? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> we don't have nearly enough people watching <laughs> us to care. Oh, okay, but, uh, good. Good. Hopefully soon. Yeah. Maybe. It's coming. Um, oh, it's coming for all of us. <laughs> it's coming for all of us. I feel like I had something else uh, interesting to say, but maybe not. No? It either you slipped my mind or maybe I'm just completely <laughs> tapped out. Is that, is that liquid death just scrambling your brain? Yeah. I, do, I don't want to like say too much disparaging things about liquid death because they sponsor all the cool podcasts. So I don't want to like burn oh, that bridge. That? Well, this oh, might yeah. be a good way to get their attention, so... Speak it's up. just water. <laughs> it's just water. That's what they want it you is, to say. Yeah. It's, I'm just so like, and it's, I'm not even it. sure. Does all water taste like this? Like it's just so plain. <laughs> <laughs> There's like no flavor to it. I don't know. Did you I, genuinely know it wasn't, you thought it I was thought, sparkling water? I thought there was bubbles for do sure. They make, do they make one that says sparkling? I've only seen that. This is the yeah. only one I've seen. I've never had it, I guess. But I thought it was going to be like a, uh, what are those? The uh, Perrier, which oh, yeah. is sparkling yeah. mineral mineral water. Mineral water, okay. M mineral water. It does say mountain water. Maybe there are some minerals in that. Uh, maybe, but there's no bubbles. It's no. just water. <laughs> it's just water. It's, I'm very. I feel like I've been hoodwinked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Been taken for a ride. It's just water. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's freaking me out a little bit. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about the pandemic, COVID, all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, what I was going to say is I do feel like it, in a way, who knows how our YouTube channel would have, you know, yeah. grown. But <clears throat> early 2020, like April, May, everyone, like after the initial shock of it was over, they were like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to build a deck because I work from home and don't really actually work anymore. Trapped here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so our, that's like when the initial thing that like blew up uh, our YouTube channel was April, May, 2020, just tons of search traffic. So it's yep. interesting, you know, it's the weird byproducts of a national, international pandemic. Yeah. I mean, anyway. and it's also... Yeah, looking back like 2018 or 19 is when we first met in Louisville. Yeah. Like that was like before that whole junk happened. And you yeah. know, now we're in, you know, doing this here in New Jersey. It's kind of wild. 
Yeah. All right, enough about COVID-19. Right. Yeah. We don't Sorry, want to talk I about didn't it mean now. to bring it up. I just think it's an interesting... Yeah. Because I feel like kids, you know, everyone's always like, kids are always on their phone. They're ruining the world with the internet or whatever. So then now you have all those people entering the job market, probably utilizing softwares like this because they get it. So. Yeah. Just a thought. Oof. Yeah. Like that 10-year time frame for like the way that like 10, 15 years. <sighs> Man, I don't know what's going to be going on in the world technology-wise. Like. Oh, it does imagine. kind of freak me out. Yeah. But it's definitely going to be wild. You know what's really scary is like all of the, uh, what do they call those? Uh, deep fakes. Oh, yeah. That stuff. And like they have, like you can do it with audio like oh, yeah. super easily. And there is plenty of footage of me and audio of me that like AI can just like. Have you seen oh, yeah, what they cycle through that? And <laughs> yeah. They have you seen? Anything. Have you seen what the groundwork team made you say? On no, I'm joking. We, we should <laughs> yes, totally do that. Exactly. Be really I'm funny. Sure you could. It's freaky. We could easily do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so much recorded. Yeah. <laughs> so that's something to think about for sure. I want to. Oh, what? Well, I'm kind of interested to hear your take on AI since you're a tech guy. Mm. What's your thoughts on AI? We recently talked about that in an episode. Yeah, lots of thoughts. Um, <clears throat> I think. There are some really interesting use cases for um, marketing in particular. Um, you know, content, you know, there's ways to like optimize the production of content. Mm -hmm. um, I follow some like, you know, super smart marketing folks that have maybe the the mindset or the ideas that, you know, it's another tool and toolbox for people producing content specifically written. Um, I think that's also why video is super interesting though, is because despite like the deep fake stuff, like it still is kind of like, I don't know that that stuff is like kind of flash in the pan. The deep fake stuff is like, Oh, it's a deep yeah. fake. Forget about it. You yeah. know, it's just kind of like it's washed, washed away. Um, but I think like authentic, authenticity is going to be like the scarce commodity um, because and video is great for that, right? Like that's mm -hmm. why, you know, the style of just kicking it around and like having a conversation is like so interesting and engaging to people because like even you see it in like, if you ever like search something like a blog, like I told you guys, I'm getting trying to be a like non terrible golfer uh and started to try to do that a little bit more mm -hmm. um and so i was reading like uh something on like a new set of golf clubs and like the article is very clearly written by ai uh maybe yeah but it was very clearly written to like just rank on google right. and it was like not really any good information <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's yep. like this is garbage i'm out of here right yeah. so um but what i have been doing is looking up a YouTube video of like an actual person who knows what they're talking about, about the thing and, you know, learning that way. So I think that's, you know, there, there's a, there's an element of the content creation stuff that I think will, you know, you can kind of continue to game the system, just like writing content that's kind of formulaically built to catch the algorithms. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe you can do that with AI, but, I think what's really going to rise to the top is just like real people. Like, I think that'll be the, the, the scarcity that people crave is like 
people being people and like actually connecting. Cause like, I think that's part of who we are as humans. Like, I think that's also why, um, I mean, you've seen like the metaverse stuff. I mean, maybe that takes like center stage and like, that's the way we want to interact with people is like with a pair of goggles on and just like wave our fake hand <laughs> at their fake hand or something like at a, in like a virtual world. Yeah. Maybe that's where things go. Like I, I really hope I'm not around to see that um, be like the primary mode of communication and connection human to human. But um, yeah, I just think that there's certain elements that, and not to mention like we were at your, your job site today. It's like, it's going to be a long time to like AI and robots like can do that. Can do that. Yeah. I think things like AI, I think, the big thing you're seeing right now is like with obviously chat GPT, like mm-hmm. creating blog articles and stuff like that. Those things always seem like it's an advantage for like the very, very early adopters of that. Yeah. But if AI can just create blog content on everything, like it's just going to be flooded with that content. Right. So it's like, it would be a huge advantage if only a few people had it. You know, they could really capitalize on both everyone being accessible to it. You're going to just see more and more of that, like formulaic blog stuff where it's like just trying to rank so that they can stuff uh, affiliate links in there and as many ads Mm -hmm. as possible. But you'll start to see like Google's big thing now is going to be like, how do they decipher they're going to be like battling against that like AI regurgitation of info because their thing is always like they want to serve the most helpful, relevant thing. But now I'm thinking about it. Their algorithm is AI. Is AI their AI, AI going to listen to the human handlers and say, you need to <laughs> seek out this other blog AI and eliminate it from our search rankings? Or is the Google AI going to side with the blog AI. AI and come after us. Something to think about. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, there's like, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but um, I think what's um, interesting about some of the content stuff you, you, you mentioned, like even that is like, um, you know, how do you really, differentiate there that's the that's the question yeah um do you uh the way i've seen and heard people talk about it to be productive as like or almost like a research assistant yeah um and we've done this with some of our content of you know provide me a summary of xyz thing it's like okay well that saved me 10 minutes 15 minutes of searching around and clicking on some crappy article of that's optimized for SEO and really doesn't tell me anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like it like kind of keeps you from that. Yeah. Um, so like it's a good kind of backstop for like research, I think is like honestly the most interesting use case I have seen. And I've seen a lot of like contractor chat rooms and stuff that are like, you know, tell us how you use AI and it's all like almost on, like, please email me or contact me if like you have like a real use case. But like when I have seen conversations, like what's your real use case? It's like kind of not very good. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's just kind of not like, yeah. 
hours saved or revenue generated or any of that stuff. Like I, I haven't seen now there is some actually really cool stuff. Um, in actually writing software code. Um, there are some models that actually will complete code and like our development team utilizes that sometimes. Sometimes the code is really good. Sometimes it's a good hint to, you know, how to structure the code. Um, and it's just like in line. So it will like, you know, like the autocomplete for your email. Like if you're in Gmail, it'll like say, Oh, Hey, if you write some, it'll be like, thing you know yeah. how are you like yes that's it <laughs> yeah that's efficiency that's what I was thinking. thank you uh, <laughs> so that's like the 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 type of thing that's happening in code space and there's also like visual editors like you can say make me a landing page that has these visual elements uh subscribe to my newsletter page with a yeah. picture of a you know subscribe to my cat news newsletter yeah. with a picture of a cat and like a subscribe <laughs> thing and it'll like actually create that image for you and then also give you the uh basically the code the front end code css code to like actually put that in place which is kind of cool yeah that is cool we tried uh on the last on our project giveaway uh there was one part and i think we already talked about this about the pepperoni fish thing where i was like (laughs) yeah oh yeah i said i don't really like fishing and Catherine's like have you ever been fishing and i'm like yeah once but we used pepperoni as bait and we got some weird pepperoni fish. And uh, Steve went online to some sort of AI thing. I forget what it was called, but it was for pictures. Yeah. And we were trying to get the AI to generate an image of a, <laughs> like pepperoni fish. And like the things that it came up with were like so, I don't know. It was just so weird to bizarre. see like, yeah. this is a computer trying to <laughs> determine like, what they mean by pepperoni fish, like some of it was like a pepperoni pizza with fish also on it. Some of it was like yeah. a fish that had the coating of like a pepperoni pizza. It was just like it, very, yeah, very weird strange. and interesting. But uh, yeah, that wasn't a great use case. There's, there's, you know, and like, honestly, but it was fun. That's like an absolutely ridiculous and fun example of like what yeah. AI is like can be used for. But like. I don't know what the percentage of times that that type of activity <laughs> yeah. is, is like kind of the input and like desired output, but it's, yeah. it's probably more than people would want to lead on is like, let me just like, see if I can do like a pepperoni fish picture. <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay, are we really, are we really yeah. moving the world forward here? <laughs> Which actually there's some studies about how, um, the usage of chat GPT, um, has decreased like, I don't even want to say a number because it's probably wrong, but like in a significant amount. Oh, of course. Some yeah. some say it's related to school being out, like college students. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like just like, you know, summertime. Um, there's some other thoughts on that, but um, there will be, there will certainly be industries and, um, you know, serious business implications mm-hmm. um, in the trades and outside of the trades. Um but I, I think inside of the trades, you know, certainly something interesting to pay attention to, but you know, I wouldn't stake your business on like AI. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's talk about Alan Iverson, the real, the, the answer, original AI, the answer, baby. Yeah. yeah. He is the answer. 
All right, well, let's transition back to entrepreneurship. <laughs> what? What, are, what are we doing here? I know, I know we, we went on a hard pepperoni fish tangent, but yeah. let's it's circle back to the stuff. entrepreneurship. Uh, since that is one of our main topics of this podcast, entrepreneurship, yeah. and yeah. you are an entrepreneur. Yeah. And you've said several times that you're, you have an entrepreneurial spirit. So where does that come from? Or tell us your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, I mean, uh, grandfather's an op- entrepreneur. Uh, dad has had a stint as an entrepreneur. <clears throat> I mowed, you know, lawns in high school. Like I'm sure a lot of people. I feel like that listen. comes up a lot. I mean, it's the <laughs> thing, right? Yeah. Actually, my first job, I, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> uh, my first job, I try, I, I asked my mom how old I was when this actually happened. And I also needed to like, confirm with her that this wasn't just like, in my imagination that this actually happened because <laughs> right. I was young. I had, to, she said 14. I feel like I was younger than that, but my first job was, uh, you know what Pacassandra is? Yeah. Was cutting heads of Pacassandra because you can propagate mm-hmm. a head of Pacassandra. Um, One of my favorite ground covers. I love it. Yeah. I have it at my house. My wife hates it, but I'm like, hey, listen, this means something to me. <laughs> yeah. Because my first job was cutting heads of Pacassandra. I'd get a penny for every head I put in a bucket. Um, and that was my first job. So it was like, I remember my back hurting. I remember riding on a five gallon bucket in like literally the back of a van to like some estate where whoever this nursery owner, uh, had convinced like the property owner, like, Hey, we probably do your maintenance. Illegal, um, you know, child labor to happen on their property. One <laughs> cent per head. That's, that's not great. I mean, keep in mind that, I mean, I'm not. How old were you? Young. I was, I was probably. Let's see. So I was. I don't know. Twelve to fourteen, probably. Um, and that probably that puts it at like ninety five. So it's like twenty five years ago. Yeah. You could damn near buy a house for about a couple bucks back then, right? Hey, <laughs> yeah, my- when you can't work legally, you gotta yeah, take what you can yeah, get. Yeah, you really you got to. Um, Plus, not claiming that on your taxes. So yeah. no, really. I think I did Pure get paper income. checks. So like. God knows how my parents handled that. This is like the most legitimate like child labor scheme I've ever heard of. I'm telling you. Wow. Like if you, if you like my mom is like totally the person who just like figure that out and just be like, go, go get him tiger (laughs) loving and supportive, like for sure. But it's good for you to have a job, you know, learn how to work hard. And and I mean, that's so that that's one early experience and you know, just mowing and doing. I remember like um, one of my high school friends, her dad, as I was mowing, he was like, hey, I need 40 yards of mulch in my backyard. Big house. 40 um, yards is a lot. I didn't know how much 40 yards was. I called a buddy, <laughs> a buddy, and was like, hey, can you help me spread some mulch today? He's like, sure, man. That's like a week with two people. <laughs> He's like, sure, man. I was like, and then truck came. <laughs> we're like, Oh boy, <laughs> we are outmatched. Yeah. So, you know, a couple more friends, a little more time than we expected. I probably, I mean, hourly rate on whatever I figured out how to charge them, you know, what probably ate my shorts or whatever, but it was money, high school, whatever. So like, I don't know, just always had that like type of thing. I think honestly, um, so I graduated in, um, graduated college in 2008 and like that's right when like the Facebook stuff was going on and so it was like 
whoa, the internet, right? And yeah. like, so I even that at that age, I started looking at like different ways to get involved in tech and whatnot um, with the background of like kind of hands dirty, you know, coming home with like mulch dust, like in every crevice of my, yeah. like in my eyelids, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's kind of just like a mashup of stuff, you know? Interesting. I want to kind of get your insight into, you know, cause you are an entrepreneur, you run a team of six, which is kind of very similar to us. How do you go about like being a leader, getting people to buy in. I know a lot of the work is done remote. Like you said, Taylor, right? He's mm-hmm. your, he's one of the sales guys. He's yep. in New Orleans. Um, your head of sales is remote as well. Mm, ish. Remote, Indianapolis yeah. area, but yeah. So I find that must be a tough thing to juggle. Like new company, like it's kind of all on the promise of growth. Like, mm. you know, nobody is going to, the business is not going to be successful. If it stays at this, yep. Where you're at, like right. it has to grow to be successful. So like getting people to buy into that, um, mm. what are your thoughts on, on just like creating that team of people that are all in it together when, you know, they probably could go to another company that's more established more stable like what is that vision that you're painting for them like why should they be a part of it yeah it's a great question um i think it it honestly starts a lot with hiring like we i am you mentioned giving uh prospective customer homework yeah. Like that's a, that's a big part of what we do too. And when I'm bringing on people to the team, not that we've done it like dozens and dozens of times or anything, but it's a big part of, of the whole, you know, making the team successful is getting the right people on board. And, um, when I have brought people on, this started with first hire, um, after Taylor, cause Taylor was like a, like, Oh crap. Like, I need help. And like, then Taylor came in like riding on a cloud. It was like, <laughs> I will help you. I was like, yes. Um, that was like March of, that was like pandemic. So like our, like our interests just like shot through the roof. Yeah. And like, it was like, shoot, we got to get, <laughs> so I didn't give him the spiel, although it was inherent in like, he sent me a message on Friday and it was Saturday morning at like 9am. It was like, Hey, you ready to hustle? he's like, yeah, I'm ready to hustle. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's go. And like, literally we just hit the ground running. But since then, what I've done is I have a, it's not more than a paragraph, but it's basically a level set of this is what it means to be on the team. Um, there are times where your projects that you're leading are going to have to take a backseat because what we need to do as a company is maybe different than what you were working on. And that's okay. You need to be flexible. We're going to support you when it swings back to something you're passionate about, but we need you to, you know, kind of bob and weave with the whole thing. Obviously it's not that loosely written, but that's the gist of it, right? Is like flexibility, helping each other out, figuring out, being creative, having fun with it. Um, So it's a message that's sent before we even bring people on team. 
Yeah. Um, and it's simple. It's, it's usually in an Excel sheet right after the line where it's like, here's what we're going to pay you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, and also this, like, basically don't be a jerk. No ego. Leave your ego at the door. We're going to work together to make something happen. Yeah. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be awesome. So that's, that's like the level set stuff that we do. Um, and again, it's easy. Like that's not anything that's like particular to our company. It can be, you know, whoever, whatever type of business you're running. Um, but, um, I think what even just recently, Sean, I was sharing with you that, um, even just in the last couple of weeks, um, mm-hmm. there's a book title and I like, I would like to say I like read a ton of books, but I don't, um, <laughs> but there's a book title called, um, what got you here won't get you there or something of that. Yeah. Something in that line. And that's what I told the team recently, you know, we're in the summer season gearing up for a bunch of fall events here. And that's kind of why I told him is like, Hey, we need to, we need to shift some things up. We need to be more interesting and like just better. Yeah. Like I think everybody can relate to that. Um, and so we, I broke that down into two themes. And so we have kind of like a code word for like each of those different themes. One is fishing related, Sean. Um, pepperoni fish. Know, uh, yeah, it's pepperoni yeah. fish. It's so what yeah. a coincidence. It's amazing. Um, but um, those two themes are guiding a lot of what we're doing. And, you know, it's quick sprint stuff. You know, we're an agile team. It's technology, so we can move pretty quick. Um, so that'll be the theme until we start what we call our event season. But it's like a calling card of a couple of words and it like kind of drives what we're doing. Um, you know, I know that there are like college football teams and like different sport sports organizations that will have a theme for the year. So it's kind of similar to that, but um, that's something that I feel really, really good about, especially as we're like getting after it, you yeah. know, this yeah. next, next couple months. I love that. You said the that. book title was what got you here. Won't get you there. Sure. Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. I find it. Sometimes you really don't have to read the book. Like the title, I get it. It's like (laughs) all the things that you did to get you here aren't necessarily the things that are going to take you to that next spot. And that's something that we always have to constantly like reevaluate. Like, okay, all of these things that we did got us to this point. Mm -hmm. Are more of these same things, if we double down on these things, is going to double our our response to it or our, our return? Or... We're at this point. Now we have to do something different to get to that right. next point. And I think that's one of the fun, challenging, frustrating, exciting, annoying, terrible, and great things about growing a business is the problems always change. Mm-hmm. The where you came from and where you're going next is always changing. And uh, it's what keeps it interesting, right? Yeah. I, I mean, guess. it's... I mean makes it challenging and hard and all of those things. But it's also like, I know that, I mean, honestly, the people on my team, that's why they're here, right? Like that's part of the paragraph that I send them is like, you can go find a more cushy job that you're just going to like kind of find sometimes that you're just like twiddling your thumbs. But like, if that's you, like probably, probably not going to fit very well here, you know? So like, um, yeah, but you know, then it's on me to like 
actually lead that way too, right? To like mm-hmm. set that direction, set the pace of play, um, and play the game the way that I would expect everybody else to play it. Um, despite all of the challenges of like being the lead, right? There's a lot. It's not, it's not easy in any business, right? Yeah. Um, but it's just part of, part of the deal. A couple more questions for you. Yeah. Um, as you're growing the business, especially the type of business that, that you have, it's the future is kind of predicated on growth. You're, yeah. you're going to have to grow this. That's, that's the goal. That's kind of what everything is structured around. What do you think is your best skill? Like what, what, what are you going to right now? You're, you're probably doing a whole lot of everything. Yeah. Some things you're probably great at. Some things you're probably not that great at. Like what, if you get to a point where you have 200 employees Mm -hmm. and whatever, thousands of, of, of subscribers, what is that position that you think you would take? Like you delegate everything else. What's the one thing that, that is your backbone of your entrepreneurial body? So, do you like that? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Great. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, I think there's, there's two things. Can I have two or can I have two backbones or just one? Uh, backbone? We'll allow it. Like yeah. vertebra- vertebrae, uh, two vertebrae. You have, yeah. L- you can have two situation. spines. You're like yeah. a, what are they? Uh, like Siamese entrepreneurial twins, right? I yeah, sure. I think it's conjoined twins. Don't get canceled. Oh, is that okay? <laughs> conjoined yeah, twins. I, I, conjoined twins. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Entrepreneurial. <laughs> anyway, okay, go ahead. All right. All right. Business stuff. Business stuff. Um, you have two business spines. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yes. All <laughs> um, so I think one would be relationships. I mean, like you and I have been kind of chatting on and off. Like it's just like I think that's one of my strengths. Um, yeah. It's just like building relationships, and you know, um, so I think that's going to be part of it for forever. Like I'm just mm. like a people person. I you know just kind of like doing that um and i'm kind of stuck with that now i guess too because like those things tend to carry with you right um as relationships do um but i'm also really passionate about like the creative process of building new things so software is great for that because you can just like like what if we did this you know like what if so like on the plane here that's what i was doing (laughs) <laughs> it's like outlining. I, I, uh, our little note taking app is, you know, I downloaded a, a section of that so I could just start to own that. And I told the team, like, this is my deliverable for my trip here is, you know, aside from meeting with you all is, and a couple of the meetings, like, I'm going to come back and I'm going to have this chunk of the mashup of the trades knowledge and the other technology stuff. Like this is the, the art piece, the creative element, um, that, that I'm responsible for. So I hope to forever be involved in that because it's like, um, I love music. I love art in like weird forms too. Like, you know, not like I appreciate like the creative process, Mm -hmm. just like you were saying earlier and riding around, it's like, anybody who can like create a different sound or like yeah. if I hear an album that has like 
different versions of an artist or an artist puts out an album that's like very different from the one before it's like all right respect right yeah um so i hope to always be involved in that that side of the business i think building software is a lot like building projects like building very much projects very much and i think we're probably very similar in that way that it's like you have these basic rules that you kind of need to follow. Like this is how the things kind of go together. It has to be, you know, there are these, these core rules that you have to essentially follow, but then you learn how to like kind of dance around them and how you can create like a structure that looks different and does something different. And Hey, if I take these two properties and mash them together, I can remove this post and like do all this stuff. And, uh, I think, a lot of people, when they think of coding, they don't think creativity, but that's like essentially that's all it is really, you know, when you're trying to create this thing out of, I don't know, numbers and letters or yeah. however you do it. Yeah. It's uh, I think there's probably a lot of similarities with what we do. Which so is much. Cool. I mean, like even down to like design process and all that stuff, yeah. you know, um, those creative decisions early on inform like the bedrock structure of a project. Like you, you were looking at the kind of the distance, uh, the height of the deck surface uh, today at the project and like, mm-hmm. Hey, we need eight or nine stair. How do we do that? Right. Yeah. Like, and that was, there's like some like ground truth, right? Like there's just like some, um, there's some structure in place that you can't necessarily move yeah. or like the project's already far, far enough along where it's like, okay, got it. Here's the data points. And like, here's how we're going to do it. Like the, the software, there's so many analogies and like some of our um, advisors will tell you that too. It's just like, and they'll, they use that uh, yeah. analogy of foundation um, and then kind of going up towards like a building a house it's just very, very similar. Yeah. Business is easy, you know? It's just like all, it's just of like course, building yeah. from the ground up. You <laughs> it's know? like building Legos. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter much. what you're doing. You no, can, it's just yeah. all work itself out and everything will be cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're almost at our, well, we pretty much are yeah. at our happy hour. I yeah. have uh, two more things I wanted to ask. Is that okay? Am I allowed? You are allowed. I will grant it. I'm just here, man. It. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, any favorite books that you would recommend uh, as a business owner or, or otherwise, just something that, you know, has impacted you in some sort of profound way? Make sure it's profound. Um, <laughs> ooh, profound. There is, so I mentioned I'm not a huge reader. Um, <clears throat> so I appreciate you putting me on the spot. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I mean, it could just we be like one that you really like, uh, appreciated the title of, like that's yeah, fine. Yeah. The pre- <laughs> this one had a really cool picture on the front and yeah, it changed yeah, my life. Yeah. Whatever. The inside cover is like really compelling. <laughs> yeah. Um, it could even be a movie. No, no, no. I it do have be. a book. I do have okay. a book. Um, it's a, it's more of a tech book. Um, but it's called the hard thing about hard things. It's got about, about a, um, by a guy named Ben Horowitz, um, who runs the venture capital firm. Um, he's read it. He's, it's kind of a story of like the early nineties. I don't know if, um, it's very applicable to building a software business. Um, 
but also very interesting for those who are like just interested in like kind of like the sport of business, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Um, it's just his story of um, selling a company, basically navigating the uh, transition of on-premises computing to like cloud computing as that like started to get going and like just massive disruptions in like how tech infrastructure worked in like the early days of Silicon Valley. Um, so again, kind of niche book, but it's like he starts every chapter with like um, uh, he's a big rap fan. Um, so he starts every chapter with like a, a quote from a rap song or a lyric from a rap song, which is kind of interesting. It like really sets the tone for like just like the energy for the book. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, by the way, he went to go on to sell the company, like basically pull it out of the grips of uh, bankruptcy and then is now one of the most successful venture capitalists in Silicon Valley. Um, so yeah, that's one. Um, yeah, um, that's probably what I recommend. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm inspired by a lot of different other stuff, but you know, hard things that's about good. hard things. Good one. Yeah. I've definitely heard of that and I might, I feel like I might actually have that book cause I'm, I'm like a, I'm not a huge reader, but I love to, I love buying books for sure. I'm with I you there, a man. A ton of books. My wife rolls her eyes like hobby. so hard every time <laughs> I'm like, oh gosh. Oh, I just feel like obviously it's better if you read the book and everything, but there's still something about just like having a book. There's certain books I like to just like have on my bedside. What yeah. Do you call that a nightstand? Yeah. They just like just seeing them. I think usually those are the ones I, I have read. I think you get so smarter just by buying them and like being around them, I really I do. I really do think it <laughs> yeah, works. That's really way. how it works because <laughs> you can learn so much just from reading the title. Yeah. Honestly, so, I agree. Uh, last question I have was: uh, What kind of you know different like apps for organizing your daily life? Like, is there anything that you use uh, that you'd recommend for people just trying to get a grasp on their own life? So I have one life, basically. I yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I, have, I have one life one, um, okay. uh, especially for primarily if you have kids, I guess. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good thing. But um, one that we use internally is called Notion. It's a mashup of like Google Docs and like Evernote and um, yeah, kind of all that stuff and Trello. Like it has like a Kanban, like planning tool inside of it, task management, project management. Um, so it's, I think it's notion.so is the, is the website. Um, relatively inexpensive, but it's basically like we have everything from like team bios in there um, that just kind of like sit like on the left-hand side. It's just like team information and we do fun stuff about, you know, what type of music do you like? You can know I'm pissed off when this, you know, like <laughs> when I scream at you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but then we also do like all of our project planning. So, hmm. um, it's very free form. You can buy, you can buy or just get templates online for free for like different types of projects and stuff. So notion is the, is, is a great one. Um, so that's one. 
The other one is um, an app called Go Henry. So if you have kids that are of the age where you're like doing allowance and stuff like that, like my kids are 10 and almost eight. And um, I can basically give them their allowance digitally. They have a physical card. They ship it to you with their name on it. <laughs> and they've lost like 17 times. And, you know, we have to buy a new one for five bucks or whatever. So that's a little annoying. But, you know, they always ask me, you know, what's my, what's my, how much money do I have in my account? And, you know, you do savings and I kind of break it up and stuff. And yeah. like you do like tasks and, you know, it's basically like a chore chart, but digitally. Yeah. Um, and then they can spend with the, with the card. And they that's really, cool. really love going to the going to target and they're like buy a $12 Lego oh, thing yeah. and they're like dad what's my pin I have to look it up on my phone every time you know it's <laughs> like um so that's a cool one that's been that's been really effective for us like and we use it also for like um like major breakthroughs like I have a major breakthrough bonus for each kid of like when they actually accomplish like a, a big yeah. either emotional or you know like whatever hurdle they're dealing with we kind of set those milestones so that's another one that that hmm. I use yeah that's interesting. That's a, yeah, I like That's that. That's very interesting. Was that was that a Shark Tank thing? Go Henry. I feel like I remember. Very possible. I yeah. don't know. It's a very interesting concept. But like the card actually works. Like oh yeah, it's a, it's, it's a regular card. Yeah, really? it's got a chip and yeah, it's a whole bit. Huh. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Now I am on the hunt. I've seen some things for like our kids are getting into sports and stuff, which is just pure chaos. Yeah. <laughs> pure chaos. Um. And I was telling you, my wife travels for work. I travel a good bit. So it's just, it's a lot. So I am, I might actually use Notion for this, but we're looking for a way to like manage our family calendar and like also give kids, give our kids the insight so they could like flick through the week and like say, oh, hey, I got this. It's like, yeah, don't like, you know, whatever, get ice cream on your soccer practice jersey because you got practice tomorrow or whatever, you know, like. (laughs) Yeah. So like those, those types of things where they can actually start to take some ownership of their calendar. I'm searching for that. I might build it in notion cause you can kind of like build those interfaces and like maybe just get an iPad to have in the yeah. kitchen area or something. But, um, I really yeah. want to check that out cause I'd never heard of notion until like last week I was listening to a podcast. I think it was that same one I was talking about. It was like the creator economy and it mm-hmm. was a guy that it's like so niche. He just creates notion templates. Yep. And he's got a YouTube channel yep. where he just talks about like this really high level like notion hacks. Yep. And he said it's like I'd never even heard of it until last week. And uh, but it's one of those like kind of cult following things where like people are like diehards about creating these custom templates. And he has, you know, uh, like a subscription thing that he'll sell and he'll sell courses and all this stuff. And he's like makes lots and lots of money on this like super niche thing but uh it sounded really cool and now you're talking about it and it sounds very cool hmm. so i have a notion that we should check it out yeah <laughs> i see what you did there well uh i guess that's it for this week jeff thank you for coming all the way from indianapolis to yeah. beautiful and hot new jersey <laughs> For this podcast, really enjoyed it, and uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime soon. Yeah, and uh, should I don't know what do we what's what else do we say? <laughs> groundwork.com, check it out if you yeah. want to. Hello, groundwork.com is the, the thing if you want to check it out. Um, what are your we'll social do, media handles? 
Hello Groundwork. Hello Groundwork. Everywhere. Yep. Hello yeah. Groundwork. Yeah. I just <laughs> imagine yeah. that in like either like a Hello Governor, British or... But like yeah. Hello, gr- hello, hello Groundwork. Yeah. Hello, hello Groundwork. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Groundwork's hard to say in an Australian accent. Can you try it? Do you want to give them the uh, bad sales story thing? Do you have one? I've got, I've got a crazy bad sales story from a, a customer of ours. Really? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Should I roll with it? Yeah, yeah. All right. So, a uh, painting contractor. Well, hold on. We're going to do... So, an ongoing thing that we are going to do uh, moving forward is a bad sales story. And uh, this will be our first one. Yeah. Yeah. Bad sales story. So, Go ahead. Yeah. As you have bad sales stories... Send them in. We've got a link or something. We could do yes, that. Yes, we'll put the link in the bio and description um, and everything. But so I've got I got a couple, but the one that I thought was um, maybe the most like cringy um, <laughs> <laughs> to use the young person's term um, was I've got a painting contractor friend, and he got called out to somebody's house. Uh, interior paint job and he gets there and the guy's like you know walking through the house very like calmly the house is in a bit of a disarray um but he's like okay like this is a little weird like feels a little off this guy's chill so like whatever but he gets into the house a little bit more and like there's spray painting all over the walls and He's like, huh, interesting. Starts to look a, little clo- look a little closer. And apparently this guy had um, maybe been into some extracurricular activities outside of the relationships me- he maybe had committed to. Oh, and no. <laughs> um, there were expletives and all sorts of fun sayings spray painted on the wall um, after all of this had come to light and he's just walking through saying, Hey, I think I might, I think I might need a paint job. on the interior <laughs> of my house." <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I guess, guess we'll help you paint, paint over this mess here. Did he end up getting the job? You know, I couldn't tell you. I was so like, uh, flabbergasted by the story. I don't, I don't know if he, wow. if he got the job, but, um, so basically yeah. he oh, cheated gosh. on his wife and, or girlfriend or boyfriend or husband, whatever. Yeah. And they got mad and spray painted like, yeah, you <laughs> cheater scumbag yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Wow, on the inside <laughs> of the house. Yeah, pretty, huh. pretty legit. There's yeah, another it's personal. I think the same. I think it was the same guy who was telling me <laughs> that he showed up to an appointment and um, this woman was in like 100% fishnet everything. Could be either like greeted him as a bad thing. Or bad. It, was a, it was a bad thing. <laughs> it was like. Just here I am. In just ready for this appointment. Just, just full gonna fish talk net. to you and <laughs> pretend that this is net. normal. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I'm sure there. Would you say she was oh kind of like a pepperoni fish in the fishnet? Oh, eh. Eh. not your best. Eh. Mm. <laughs> Bit of a stretch. Well, you know what I say. You know what? The only joke that's never funny is the one that you don't tell. Yeah. True. Would you say that a good bit? <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta find the people that are gonna laugh at the jokes anyways, you know. Exactly. So like yeah. that's the yeah. Uh well I guess that's it for now. That's it for this week. Yeah. That's it for this week. Thank, Thank you, you for, so coming much for coming in, Jeff. Jeff. Yeah, yeah, Hello Groundwork. And uh thanks for also coming, Catherine. Thank you for coming, Sean. <laughs> Thank as you well. so much. <laughs> and uh I guess till next time, this has been the hardworking happy hour. 
see you next week.